I'm Dr. Amalia Gonyas-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us today is the Republic of Congo's ambassador to South Africa, also accredited to the Kingdom of Iswatini, Lesotho, and Zimbabwe. Ambassador Chantal Marias Itwa Apoyolo. Some of her previous appointments include ambassadorship in Namibia. She has also served as Deputy Secretary General of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Republic of Congo and was First Counselor for the Permanent Mission of the Republic of Congo to the United Nations. Welcome to the show, Ambassador. Thank you so much for inviting me. Much of your career has been in the service of the Republic of Congo. Please, can you share a few key highlights for us? Okay. My... uh... Career as a diplomat is, uh, I, I can say, <laughs> an adventure because I'm not diplomat of a career. From the beginning, I study agriculture. And from uh, 2005, I began with uh, diplomacy as a counselor in um, our permanent mission to the UN in New York. So I began the diplomatic career from 2005 till now. After that, I was uh, in the capital, in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And since then, till now, I embrace this career till I'm now full ambassador, beginning in Namibia and now here in South Africa. It always fascinates me how we can start our career in one space. So, for instance, you were in agriculture, and now you've ended up in a completely different space of diplomacy. Yeah, so different it isn't, you know, because I used I am a, a lecturer at the university, at the Faculty of Agronomia. So being a lecturer, it's a field what gives us the capacity to embrace other areas. And it has not been so difficult for me to shift to a diplomatic career. Because at the same time, at the university, I occupied some function in the administration, in the Ministry of Education and Research, As a director for cooperation, I occupied also a function of a counselor in the Ministry of Culture, Arts and Francophonie. I was in charge of Francophonie to the minister. You know, all these matters make me to embrace the diplomatic area. Every point in our life has a purpose. Joining those dots together becomes the future of of where we go. Can you please share with us what are some of the objectives you want to achieve during your term as ambassador to South Africa, Lesotho, Eswatini, and Zimbabwe? So, you know, in the diplomatic area, there is what we call the agreements between my country and the host countries. 
And in this agreement, there are some areas we are pointed in common. So, but the problem is sometimes we are pointing so many, many, many areas. But for me now, I know what my country is wanted from me. We have to diversify our economy because for a long time, my country, Congo, the economy was based essentially on oil. And we have seen with the shutdown of oil prices, our economy fall down. And add to that the pandemic due to the COVID-19. You know, there are so many factors. I think what we can consider not only as a fatality, but as an opportunity to change our mindset, to change our way to make the cooperation with the other countries. That is why for me, area like agriculture, tourism, environment, energy, that seems to be for me the key areas I can focus on, among others. But, uh, you know, the mandate for a diplomat as ambassador for my country is just four years. Four years are not enough to do what we want. Very true. It and is that's short. Mean, it's short. We have to focus, and I know the diplomacy and the administration is a continuity. If I'm not there, somebody else will come, my predecessor, to do. But it's also a satisfaction to know at the end of the tenure, you achieve some concrete result. That is my challenge. <laughs> that is an ambitious target that you've set yourself. And you're so mm -hmm. right. An environment, any economy cannot rely on only one form of resource as mm -hmm. an economic engine. And tapping into mm. those points of tourism, agriculture, energy, and looking also towards how we're progressing with the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. Hope yeah, exactly. Those will open more opportunities for our country. It's true, yeah. And we, we are a country, it's true. But now in this uh, globalized world, we cannot work alone. We can have our ambition, but we have how to see how to partner together. You know, at national level, we have things to do, but we, we have in the global world, we belong to the African Union. We belong to the Central African sub-regional uh, uh, community. We belong to the United Nations community. We cannot work alone. Hi, I'm Zonke Dikana, a South African Afro-Soul musician, songwriter and producer. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Today, we're talking to the Republic of Congo's ambassador to South Africa, who is also credited to the Kingdom of Eswatini, Lesotho and Zimbabwe, Ambassador Chantal Maurice Itwa Apoliolo. Talking about partnerships, uh, talking about connections to different institutions and global agreements, given that we are a gender-based show and we focus on equality, over the years, there's been various international instruments which have been established to help promote gender equality, be it the Convention mm. on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, 
And we mm-hmm. have seen that in some countries, particularly from an African perspective, that governments have established ministries and departments which are dedicated to women's issues. But I can't help thinking that unless men are involved in the gender equality debate, if it is only seen as a woman's problem and not society's problem, we are limiting our progress. What are some of your views? I totally agree with you. That is also my point of view. Woman issues, gender issues cannot be dealt just with women. It's not possible. The world without men and women together is not a world. That is why I, I think at the beginning, we have made so many mistakes to deal with gender issues just with women. But men are also involved in the development at the same level as the women. That is why in education of our young men at home, if we don't involve them to know that as a boy, he has to do the same thing in the house like the girl, if at this age we didn't educate the young boy in the mindset he will grow up to think that so that is not my work, that is the work of a woman, I cannot uh, uh, wash the dishes, I cannot. Is a matter of development, is a matter of rights and justice, is a matter of the social and cultural, of, is everything the gender issue. And we cannot deal it just with women and to let men apart. That is a, a big mistake. That is why, you know, there is a new concept in my country now with our um, neighbor, uh, DRC. The positive masculinity. That means the men, they are to come with us together for this fight of gender issue. It is a new concept to change the mindset for the women first, as well for the men to be involved together in the fight of achieving equality. That means every action we have to take, we have to involve the men from the beginning, not after. Ambassador, how would you describe the state of gender equality in the Congo currently? So, (laughs) Congo is like other countries. There are some progress, it's true, but... There are some difficulties regarding the culture, the tradition, the social environment. We are not exempt for that. But in Congo, I think is a a privilege for the education. There is no discrimination. The scholarity is obligatory for men and women at the same level. And you can see at the primary school till the high school, we have the most of time, more girls than boys. But the tendency is a reverse and the university. And that is, of course, because sometimes if the young lady gets pregnant, there are so many, many, many things coming between. So in the administration, we have seen in the leadership in the political level, in the, the administration's level, we have more men 
than women. That is like everywhere. everywhere. That is why we have not to give up. We have to continue because it's a problem of a mindset, a mindset, the tradition. We, we cannot abolish the tradition, the culture in, in one hand, you know. It's a long process, but we have ourselves as a woman to be conscientious that we need change. And after that, we have how to be involved in the fight. Ambassador, it's very comforting to know that from a, a scholarship point of view, education-wise, that everything is on an equal footing for men and women. But yes. what do you think we can do as, as women to help advance and make progress happen more quickly? You know, now we have all the instruments to protect the right of women. At regional level, continental level, at national and local level, there are so many instruments. The problem is to sensibilize, to awareness to our population, men and women, and in the women themselves to be engaged in this struggle because, you know, nothing will be given to us so freely. It's not possible. Everywhere, everything is a struggle. But this one is more because it's regarding our position in the society as, as a human being at the same level as the men. And the men have how to accept that. To change is no longer like 20 years ago. No, it can no longer be like that. 20, 30, 50 years ago, the woman could uh, stay at home to make a baby, to cook. But now, life is so difficult. If a man don't have a woman who work, how can he face all the challenges of the life? If you have just one salary at home, the woman has to work. And if she has to work, you, man, you have to help her in the domestic work at home. Right? I like how you're making it an economic argument. Often we have been focused on issues as a, a, a moral point of view and the opportunity yeah. space. But here you are, you're saying money on the table. This is an economic argument. Women have exactly. to contribute. Exactly. Saying that, this is why we are speaking not only about the promotion. The status of the women is regarding the promotion in the leadership, in the organ of decision-making, but it's also the empowerment of women. The woman who is not empowered, she cannot improve herself. You know, it's not only the problem of uh, to be director, to be ambassador, to be, no. Everywhere the woman is, as a trader in the market, you have to, to make all your best to improve your activity. The leadership is not only in the office. No, no, no. It's a large, large, large area. Every woman who she can make activity, she has first to stay themselves. That is my breadwinner. I have to make effort to enhance and to strengthen my activity. 
Ambassador, that's such an inclusive view of leadership, that women can occupy roles of leadership in any sphere, that they don't necessarily have to have, let's say, positions that are uh, state-level positions. However, one thing that I want to talk about, though, is aspects of leadership in the public space. Because when women are in the public eye, people can see that they are leaders. They can recognize those types of qualities. Over the last few years, when I look at various gender reports, one of the things that strikes me is the the prominence of uh, Nordic or Scandinavian countries on gender equality. And Mm. in those environments, they tend to have very strong female political leadership. But yet... When we look across our continent, we have two female serving presidents, one Ethiopia and and Tanzania. What do you think we need to do in Africa to accept female leadership and and women as presidents? So the first thing is the political will. They have to make the political environment suitable. Because, you know, the problem is in Africa particularly, the politics for a long time has been considered as a, a, a violence area because men are very violent in the politics. That is why women have been afraid because women don't like violence. Women are very calm. They want to negotiate. But men, for the most of time, they want to fight. And women, for a long time, they have considered this a political area as a, an area of violence. That is why many of the, the women were so hesitant. So political will, that means at the political national level, they accept to sign, to adopt all the juridic instruments, policies. To adopt, to sign is one thing. The other thing is to implement the problem is there, but this implementation will not come like a wind. No, 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 no. We have to make our advocates. We have to build like a, a group of pressure because the political, they will not do it from himself because they can officially say that, yeah, it's good. We need the parity we need. But why it's taking long to implement it? In Congo, 52% of the population are women. If all this population invests the political area, men will no longer have a place. That is the matter. Why it's taking long is a political will. You know, in Congo, the first women who come in the government, it was in 1976. And which post? Can you guess? The social affairs. I don't subestimate the social affairs. The problem is the first women who entered in the government, they occupied social affairs, health, education. And from them till now, in Congo, we didn't have more than eight women in the government out of 30 or more men, still yet. Now we have just seven, I think, seven women in the government. 
not to 20%. But we have all the political and the juridic instruments signed, adopted. But what really matters? The political will and ourselves, we have to continue because it's not fair for the women. We accede to the government once there is for themselves and they forget the others. No, if I'm ambassador, my advocated also to see more female ambassadors for my country. We have not to be selfish. Very true. And when you talk about the country consisting of 52% women, but less than 20% in government, it's not representative. Not at all. Not at all. But I know from uh, 76 till now is a, a, a little progress. We can accept like that. But we have to continue to fight, to advocate, to make a pressure and to excel. That is why we have to focus on education, on training, to make ourselves to be ready to affront all the situation, all the posts, and to be excellent. It's not only because we are a woman. As the first ladies come in the government, it was the function like that for women. Why not defense? Why not finance? Why not, why not, why not? Because if you think about education, health, social affairs, that is where the main problem are. The more difficult problems are to solve. And it's like it is accommodated to women to find solutions in, in social affairs, in education, in health, because it seems to be their uh, traditional role, you know? But with the time, we have to see, yeah, that's good. Women to be on social function and um, uh, health function and educational. But we can also take the finance. We can also take the difference. Today, we have uh, women uh, as Minister of Tourism, of uh, planification, of uh, forestry, you know. That is why we, we have how to occupy. There is no function devoted to men and function devoted to, to women. It's false. We can do what men are doing because we have been in the same study, in the same school, in the same university. We have the same diploma. Why not the big, big, big portfolio? Why my, not? Uh... <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Everything is possible. <laughs> and I, I think in, in that why not, it should be, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yeah, we can. You, you know the problem, one of the problems, as uh, I was um, uh, consulting, I, I, I don't say yes the first time. I, I have to think about it. The problem is because, my God, if I accept, I will be able. But the men, they accept everything. Women, they think about, I, will I be able to do that? I was thinking, may I, but then why not? Let me try. And if you try, you see, and the problem is because people are waiting more 
for the women than for the men, for the same function, the same responsibility. If a woman makes a mistake, it has been big, big, big. Everybody will speak about that. You see, women, if we tell you women, women, but the same mistake or more, worse, made by, by the man, they don't make so, so, so many noises. And Ambassador, it becomes an issue for women completely, not the individual who made the mistake. It was, we had a woman in the role and this is a problem of all women. It doesn't recognize that this was an issue caused by one individual. Exactly. And they'll collectivize. They are waiting just a failure, a mistake, if a woman is in power. They are waiting for a mistake to, to have an excuse, to, to have a pretext to say, we, you know, you say women, women. But it's just one woman, not all of, all of them. Uh, it's not me. Ambassador, you've highlighted the realities that women experience, irrespective of whether we've got the same access to education, mm-hmm. that it is opening those opportunities to whether it's in the political space or the economical space and still contending mm-hmm. with, with challenges. But thank you for sharing the perspectives and what life is like from a, a Congo point of view on gender equality. Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy. Today, we're talking to the Republic of Congo's ambassador to South Africa, who is also credited to the Kingdom of Eswatini, Lesotho, and Zimbabwe, Ambassador Chantal Maurice Itwa Apoliolo. Ambassador, you've demonstrated that if it wasn't for the women who have gone before us, we wouldn't be in the position we are today. Although the margins are small, the fight continues. Can you please tell us about a few important women who have contributed to change in the Congo? You know, I have uh, a lot of respect on our mothers, our sisters, who began in this organization named the Revolutionary Union from Congolese Women. Union Revolutionnaire des Femmes du Congo. It was a union for all Congolese women. And they, they have done a lot of work. If we can speak today, if we can stand today, is the continuation of what they have done. At uh, uh, their time, they didn't have so many instruments like we today, but they paved the way for us today. There are so many. I cannot mention them. I, I, I will forget some. My mother belongs also to this uh, union. So for me, this uh, union, these uh, women are really a model for me. And in Congo, the motto for this uh, union was Seule la lutte libère. 
only the fight will free us. So approximately, uh, I, my, my, I, I don't know if it's correct, but seule la lutte libère. I think it is a fantastic yeah. expression. Only the fight yeah. will free us. And today, I have some models. I can um, say this is the first woman who was a um, minister, Madame Emily Manima, Madame Ekomban, Madame Aimé um, Mambouniali. There are many, 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 many. Today, they are a little bit old, but they are also happy to see us to take the flambeau. Ambassador, one of the questions I wanted to ask you now is about your personal journey. And some of our former guests have spoken about factors that contribute to their success, like hard work, perseverance, a particular person in their life. But everybody brings a different mix of ingredients. Mm. Can you Mm. please share with us what have been some of your key drivers of success? The first one is uh, I am a person, so it's not uh, good to speak about uh, about them myself. But I'm very strict with myself, and I like good work. I like the work what is good done. So no, no the perfection is not for this world. But we all are perfectible. I intend to be perfect. That is why I'm very rigorous on myself first. I don't like the unachieved work. If I begin, I have to finish and finish well. So I'm hard work. Since I know there is nothing uh, we can consider as granted. I take nothing as granted. I don't like the facility. And it's the way I'm educated my children. I don't like the facility. Because if you like the facility, you will be intent to beg. And if you beg, you will be accountable to people. I don't like that. That is why I work, I read, I make research to interrogate myself and to interrogate people, you know? And I'm very engaged. If I'm engaged, I can no longer come back. I persevere and I go straight. We've got commitment, excellence, discipline, perseverance, and not taking the easy road. The rigor, I don't know how to tell it in English. La rigor dans le travail, to be rigorous. That is why I cannot ask to my uh, co-worker, my collaborator, something what I can myself not do. If I ask for, that means myself I can do it. And who want to learn, I am able to bring out people who are working with me at the level I want them to be. And it's almost a pleasure to have co-worker after that. Ah, thank you. Because of you, I learned something. That is my pleasure. Those are great values. Ambassador, can you tell us about some of the pivotal or important moments in your life when you were growing up? So 
the life is uh, built with uh, so many, many steps. It's difficult to, to summarize now. But two moments I can point out. After my uh, high school, I studied in Germany, agriculture, in the former German Democratic Republic in Leipzig, six years. That is really one of the best moments of my life. Because it was the first time I let my parents, I let my country, and I go so far away in a country I didn't speak the language, I have to learn the language, and I met so many, many people from around the world, the world. Asian, European, American, and, and I found out that what we can receive as a, how do you call it, bias. This a diversity of people, of culture together as, as a student. It was really a, a, a big experience and a good experience. Because sometimes we have, um, we got some ideas about people from other continents, but it's false. We are all human. We are different at the same time. We have something in common. So the second one is uh, my stay in New York as I embrace for the first time the diplomatic area. As counselor of uh, our permanent mission to the UN, it was for me one of the biggest experience for my life and a good one. I learned how the world is functioning. I learned how decisions are taken. It's really a unique experience for me as a non-diplomatic from career. It was a big experience. And that is why is conducted leading me in my work, be it in agriculture as a, as a, a lecturer or as a diplomat, is really a very good experience. Those sound like fantastic experiences. And as you were talking, I was reflecting on, on my younger years where what yeah. you're exposed to is your world. And when you move out of that world into a bigger world, you realize how yeah. little you know and how much more there exactly. is. Exactly. That is really, uh, I agree with you. Uh, and you find out that the world is not only your uh, area, your family, your country, your... No, it's something else and is just beautiful. That's the beauty of and the power of God. <laughs> Lastly, Ambassador, as we conclude today's conversation, can you use this platform to share some words of inspiration or motivation with girls and women who were listening to us on the continent? Yeah. So the whole month of March is dedicated to women. So as we are celebrating our month, I have a, a thought for all these women around the world who are suffering from war, from violence, from discrimination in all kinds. Really, I have a thought for these women. And 
so to say, my thoughts are going also to the women of Ukraine now with a situation we all know is not so easy. But may we think it will come an end and the solution will be found to make peace, stability and to allow women and girls, young girls, to, to proceed, to grow up in a safe environment. And for the women and girls around the world, I'm just advised to be confident themselves. Because if you don't have confidence in yourself, <laughs> you cannot have confidence with others. And to build the spirit of solidarity between women. Because if some women once in power, they forget the others. And we need for the young girl. Now, they have the opportunities what the generation before don't have. Internet, these are social medias. is not only to chat, it's also to learn, to search what is happening in the world, to, to look at the opportunities. How I can, if not in the room, in the classroom, but via online, how I can increase my knowledge. We have to use these instruments really in the good manners because there are all instruments that are allowing young women to go ahead. It's not only the men, the young women also. And to be focused on work, to have an ambition, don't be afraid. Don't scared. There is nothing easier to have in the world. They have to fight. And to take inspiration, there are so many women. We have said, you know, Winnie Mandela is an inspiration to have a model, to have a, an idol, an, a model of women and to take this example to go forward. That is what I can say. There is nothing for women, for men, nothing is taken for granted. And nothing is impossible if we want. Thank you very much for that great message. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. And we wish you all the best of luck as you embark on your activities as ambassador for South Africa, Lesotho, Eswatini and Zimbabwe representing the mm -hmm. Republic of the Congo. So thank you for joining us. My honor. Thank you so much. <laughs> you have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to the Republic of Congo's ambassador to South Africa, who is also credited to the Kingdom of Iswatini, Lesotho and Zimbabwe. Ambassador Chantal Maurice Itwa Apoliolo. 